This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge at Wharton website. We're here today with Wharton's Lindsay Cameron to talk to her about her new paper, which looks at the effects of mindfulness exercises in the workplace. Lindsay, thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here as well. Now, mindfulness is something we hear a lot about these days, and it seems like something that businesses are increasingly interested in. And I even know like my daughter's school had the students do mindfulness exercises. What is it exactly and why are businesses so interested in this? So mindfulness is really about calming down and being in touch with what is happening in the present moment. So take a moment right now. Close your eyes. What are you feeling? What are the sensations against your skin? What is the taste that's in your mouth? What are the feelings that are maybe you have growl in your stomach because you're a little bit hungry? This is mindfulness. It's basically tuning into what is already here. And I got interested in mindfulness because... Oh, my goodness, it might have been almost 10, 12 years ago that I was serving in Iraq. And you can imagine there's a lot of commotion around me, particularly when I went to sleep at night. And so mindfulness was one of the practices I found that really calmed me and helped keep me centered in the present moment. And, you know, that's just from the personal benefits of mindfulness. There's all other sort of organizational performance benefits at work, you know, and if you're part of the Buddhist tradition, meditation is one of the pathways towards enlightenment. And so you see a lot of companies, I think Google is one of the ones we hear most about, but companies having meditation programs, Mm -hmm. yoga programs. And so in this particular study, you didn't necessarily look at really long-term program, long-term programs. You looked at really actually very short things. Could you describe that for us? Yeah. So, you know, Google has a search inside yourself program. John Kabat-Zinn is well known for his uh, NBSR program, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. And the thing with many of those programs, they're quite long and intensive. They meet uh, maybe once a week for eight weeks or 12 weeks. And so one of these things the study looks at is it can mindfulness almost be like a like an injection, like can it be like a short-term sort of boost that can give you sort of some of these personal, interpersonal benefits that I was mentioning before. And now you actually looked at this through a series of experiments. So could you talk Mm -hmm. to us a little bit about the companies you worked with and Mm -hmm. what types of things you did? So our very first company was actually with a rather large insurance company. We worked with a lot of different employees. Many of them were frontline workers. Um, I think it was like 11 different cities across the United States. And it was a five-day intervention where they meditated, I think it was about seven, somewhere between seven and ten minutes a day. Um, And then we sort of looked at how did that affect their – how they interacted with other people at work because many of them were in these frontline positions. So sort of that big question we're looking at is how does mindfulness look at interpersonal relationships? And then that was uh, that was study one. And, you know, it had, um, other studies sort of went deeper. So we had uh, another study where it was around Robin design. So we had coworkers sort of report on how your helpfulness was during the day after a mindfulness intervention. And, of course, these are all uh, – our RCTs or random controlled experiments where there's two groups and one group doesn't know which one is doing the mindfulness intervention and the other. Uh, so we had two, two big company, two big field experiments. And then we went into the lab after that for the next series of experiments because experiments in the lab allow you to test mechanisms much more closely. So it's not just that does mindfulness make people more helpful at work, but why does mindfulness make you more helpful? And do certain types of mindfulness practices have different effects compared to other ones? So what what we found is some of the underlying mechanisms, well, for first from the higher level, we 
picture, we did find that mindfulness made people more helpful in work. They're more generous in the amount of time and the amount of money they would give to their co-workers. And money to co-workers mean like if there was a donation because there was somebody sick at work. And you're con- contributing to their fund. And then in terms of mechanisms, we found that both uh, perspective taking, so being able to look at someone else's perspective was one of the reasons that made mindfulness help people become more effective. And also empathy. Are you able to feel what other people are feeling that made people um, more helpful at work? And we looked also at the difference between mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation. So mindfulness meditation is more when you're focusing on your breath. Loving kindness is when you're imagining giving goodwill or um, loving kindness to other people. And we actually found that both of them were equally effective. And so what are the key takeaways here for businesses? So the key takeaway is that mindfulness works and that you actually don't have to invest in sort of an intensive eight-week intervention to be able to get the benefits from that because we all know that the workplace life is deeply relational you're with co-workers you're with supervisors I mean we spend more time at work than what we actually do with our family and sometimes you know there can be frictions people are working in teams and so mindfulness can sort of act like a buffer to sort of improve relational coordination and functioning and we're showing these really short dose of mindfulness, seven to eight minutes, even a one-time intervention, that you're getting sort of more smoother, pleasant, more helpful workers. So that's one of the key benefits. And in businesses, it seems like businesses are especially interested in these days. Is there just some sort of like greater realization on their part that if employees are more helpful, that they're also more productive? Or I mean, what's going on here? Why are they, why do they want us to meditate now when maybe they wouldn't have 10 years ago? You know, you're going to try to get me on here philosophizing pontificating right now. I think it's just sort of a greater trend that we're seeing um, in the the world at large where people are starting to like wake up or become aware that sort of efficiency and money are not the only things that matter. And of course, humans matter as well. And so I think this is just one of the many things that we've seen um, over the past 10 to 15 years that are trying to look at work from a more relational, holistic way as we're bringing the whole self to work. And what are the key takeaways here for individuals? I mean, if I'm at a workplace that doesn't offer something like this, I mean, can I simulate this if I, for example, would maybe download a meditation app on my phone Mm -hmm. or just take do what we did at the beginning Mm -hmm. here and just take a few minutes every day to kind of close my eyes Mm -hmm. and really take some cleansing breaths? Yeah. So, I mean, there there are so many apps out there, Insight Timer, Headspace, that you can set aside time to do your mindfulness practice. But one thing that we used in one of the studies was people chose an activity that they did every day. Um, So for the people who are working at a call center, it was like each time their activity was when they answered the phone. And it was just taking three deep breaths. So take the three breaths with me right now. And you've just meditated. And now you can be more mindful and go about your day. So it doesn't actually have to be a formal practice where you're sitting. It can be just as simple as bringing attention and awareness to a routine activity in your everyday life. I mean, from your experiments with the different companies or even in the lab, was there one particular result that was most surprising to you? The most surprising one is that there actually isn't a difference between breath-based mindfulness a meditation and loving kindness one. If you're familiar with sort of Buddhist contemplative traditions, these are actually two different paths. And one says one is a path to enlightenment and maybe one is a sort of different path. 
it's a whole thing. But what we found in this study is that there are actually no differences between the two different types of mindfulness, that they both sort of led to people being more helpful at work. And so that lets workers sort of have more choice to choose a practice that resonates with them more clearly or more strongly. And if for some reason a company is more drawn to one practice, mind, breath-based meditation, which is more secular, as opposed to loving kindness, that you could choose which practice sort of resonates with the company or the person you know, at will. And you're still going to have the benefits from the practice. What I would think that's important, just because I feel like a big part of like having taken yoga myself, I mean, a big part about having it be effective is you have to kind of buy into it. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't kind of do it and just be like, ugh, or it exactly. won't work. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay, thanks so much for being with us. I was glad to be here. Thank you for having me. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's articles, podcasts, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find all of our podcasts on Apple's podcasting app or your other favorite podcasting platform. If you like what you hear, please leave us a like, comment, or review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the show. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.